Hi there, church family. It's good to be with you this week uh, through this medium where we try to cover this week's sermon together. We try to recap it uh, some for you. Uh, we thank, we're we very thankful for those who uh, listen. I, I hope it's helpful to you. That's why we do our podcast. That's why we do these midweek discussions. Um, we do have fun doing them, but also we want to do it so that it will be of help to you uh, in your life and help you to grow closer to God maybe or understand scripture a little bit better. Uh, and so that is our, that's our goal as we do this. This week we are in Psalm 46 uh, together. Uh, that's where we focused on as we go through some of the Psalms of the sons of, of Korah. And Psalm 46 is, is one that has some popular uh, verses in them. Uh, one that people would know or maybe even uh, quote. Uh, the first verse, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. There's a pretty famous verse that people will quote and say. And also verse 10, where it says, uh, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Really that first part. Be still and know that I am God. You've probably seen it at your local Hobby Lobby. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, right. For sure. Um, but I think we come across that actually quite a bit in the Psalms as we go through the Psalms together. I, I'm sure people notice a song pops in their head, and it's because mm -hmm. some singer-songwriter uh, stole a line of a psalm and turned it into a, a song, right? And they're like, oh, okay, this, is, this must be where this came from. And yeah, oftentimes that is how it happened. Uh, but in Psalm 46, uh, we are looking at a psalm where the psalmist is trusting in God, relying on God, but it seems as if the, the psalmist is noticing that there's a lot of trouble in the world. Uh, I don't know what happened to the psalmist at this point. As I was studying... Um, most people admitted that. They said, they didn't even say who the psalmist was. Most of the time, if they don't know who it is, they just say, probably David. <laughs> I mean, that's what they say mm -hmm. usually. Uh, but they couldn't pin this to a time in David's life or anything. They just said, it seems as if the writer has witnessed, at least at some time, some natural disaster. Um, earthquake, volcano, uh, fires, uh, tornado, something. Something has happened that they've witnessed some some natural disaster. And then it seems also that the writer has witnessed some sort of battle, some sort of war or something. Um, and so again, we can't like date it to a certain time. We're not we're not able to do that. Uh, the people much smarter than me are not able not able to do that. Uh, but when we look at Psalm 46, uh, it has been a very important psalm in the life of the church for many years. Uh, this psalm is also called, uh, some people will call this Luther Luther psalm, because he wrote A Mighty Fortress is Our God from, from this psalm, mm -hmm. using this psalm. And this would be a comforting psalm to him in his life. He would even reference that in some of his writings and, mm -hmm. and biographies and stuff. We we know of this. Um, so it is, it is a pretty popular one. But I, I tried to talk about at the beginning of the message that when we go to the Psalms a lot of time, I think we're going to the Psalms for encouragement. But when we say that, we're going to the Psalms to get a pep in our step. Uh, at least that's kind of what com comes to my mind when I think of Psalms like right off the bat. It's like, you know, I'm kind of down and out. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go to work. 
I'm going to listen to some music. I'm probably skipping over the slow, uh, whatever, lovesick song or something like that that <laughs> maybe I like, but it's like, no, I don't need that today. What do I need? I need something with a little pep, you know? Right. Spencer, what do you listen to when you need a little pep? Bluegrass? Well, <clears throat> some bluegrass? You can listen to Bluegrass. You can listen to Merle Haggard or Johnny Cash. Uh, some people, if they really want to Johnny pep Cash in. has some slow... Yeah. That song, Hurt, is hurt, I told hurtful. you. It's, 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 a, it's a modern day song. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, he's a modern day psalmist. He stole that song. Uh, he, he did steal it. that song. Yeah. yeah uh, that song. Yeah, he did. You know, if you really want to pep in your step, you can listen to like the final countdown or, <laughs> uh, or the eye of the tiger. <laughs> yes. Something like that. Really get you going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, we thought about opening the service with the final countdown this week <laughs> to get people, but, um, but no, that's, yeah, those are songs that you can use. Yeah. 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 But we do that, don't we? I mean, we do that with music, honestly. I would think music is probably the biggest thing that people use in their life that is very dependent on their mood. Mm. It really is, you know. Uh, you just you just got dumped, and you're yep. just sitting in your room listening to melancholy songs, right? And yeah. Crying all the time. Probably right. country songs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Uh, Air Supply. <laughs> I'm all out of love. Journey. Yeah. 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 Journey. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. No, you're right. But if you're getting ready to go play a sport or something, mm -hmm. you are listening to something more peppy, right? To get right. you going. I want to get excited. <clears throat> I want to. I want to get riled up. And there's right. just something to that. And I think sometimes we take that with us to scripture. You know, like in the morning, it's like, okay, I'm going to pray, and now I'm going to have my morning time of devotion. Uh, what can I read that's going to get me pumped up today? Right. You right. know. What can I read that's just going to get my fire going and get me yeah, excited? You're probably not turn to Leviticus. Yeah, most people are not. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of times people are turned to Psalms. Yeah, they're like, "There's going to be something in here." Mm -hmm. But just the fact of the matter is, as you start to read the Psalms, oh, it's like, man. "Oh man!" <laughs> I mean, maybe when you get to like Psalm one forty five, forty six, yeah. or how it ends, right? Right. Um, but most of the Psalms are honest and real, mm -hmm. and if we approach Scripture in that way of like. I need a fire starter today. God, give me one in this passage. We're approaching it very wrong um, because we need to take Scripture for all that it has. And it takes a lifetime, honestly, of studying and learning and growing. And the peace and the hope that God gives us isn't these little fire starters each day to get us through the day, right? It's an everlasting thing as we understand the whole biblical story right from adam all the way to christ in the end as king of kings and lord of and lord of lords and that's what keeps us going right uh in this i can think of a lot of different analogies you know it'd be like paul uses this all the time that we're running a race and if i'm going to go be a marathon runner i can't hit a quick pack of skittles to give me some energy to go run the marathon it's taking all this work beforehand to eat the right diet, to train and to practice. And then during the race, during the race, runners sometimes will get a gel pack of energy. Uh, they do these different things, but some of them actually eat during some of these uh, races. There's these ultra marathon. I don't know if you guys know this. There's these like ultra marathon runners. Now they run a hundred mile races and, in the mountains and stuff. Wow. These people are crazy. Wow. Right. But they will eat granola bars during it. Twinkies. They will, no, see, none of that. None of that. None of that. They like get a Twinkie and unwrap it. And just <laughs> yeah, like, none yeah. of that. Forever. <laughs> no. no. They're eating stuff that will sustain them and maintain them, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that is, 
how it is for us as Christians. And the Psalms are a good source of that because they're so real. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, it doesn't sugarcoat anything. That So the psalmist here in Psalm 46 is talking about natural disasters so the fear the earth gives way, this is verse 2, uh, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. As you remind, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Right? And so there's this idea of this natural disaster. And, and we, when we think about that, I tried my best to explain that Sunday, but we're just really powerless to that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we can we can try our best to set up, uh, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, now they're trying to make skyscrapers that are earthquake proof and all this stuff. And it's like, listen, right? That's a good thing to try to do. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but we don't really have that control and that power that right. we, that we think we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the writer also talks about battle. Um, He says in uh, verse 7, The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. But he says again, The Lord of hosts is with us. God of Jacob is our fortress. Um, And so this, again, I I tried to say this too. I've never been in battle. I've 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 never been a part of that. I don't really understand the fear or the adrenaline that must be kicking during that time the emotions that you're facing when you're really in battle. I mean, and people are going down mm-hmm. and you're trying to, uh, I've, I've seen it in movies, I guess I've seen it in historical documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about uh, like D day. I see video of that as some of the most insane stuff in the world to mm-hmm. me watching that go on. And, uh, but that's what I picture in my head when I read something like this. And it's interesting because the writer isn't like, pick yourself up and keep going or, you know, trust it. The place that the writer goes is be still and know that I am God. Uh, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is with the God is our refuge. God is our strength. This is where the writer of the Psalm is finding all of his peace, all of his comfort in the chaos and hecticness and not just the chaos and hecticness in the worst things that this world has mm-hmm. to offer for us. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that, that you see in the psalm is there's a big contrast between the outside world and what it is to be within the walls of the city of God. Because, and that's one of the problems with if we're going only to the Bible to get, like you described, a pick-me-up or whatever, there's actually in some senses we we are, we misunderstand the problems of the world. You don't realize how bad it actually is. And so like whenever you, whenever you read here, like the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, one of the things that comes into my mind is I think about Mount Everest sliding into the ocean mm-hmm. and being consumed by the waves and um, the waters roaring and foaming. So there's this chaos going on, this destructive chaos that I can't control. And then you, you mentioned the nations raging and just the world just seeming to be in, in violent, raging chaos and yet within the Lord, he, it's like the eye of the hurricane. Within, within God as our refuge, as our fortress, as our wall, as that city of refuge, it's peaceful. We're safe. And so that's actually what is going on there. And the Lord of hosts, the, the word hosts, um, 
you know, you, it's like a military term it's almost, military, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the hosts of Egypt. And I always think about it whenever I hear the phrase Lord of hosts is he's telling us he's the superpower God. Mm. All the other small gods are nothing. He's the superpower God with all the power to fight. Um, and so he's our fortress and we're safe. It's actually in some ways as Americans, we kind of feel this because um, being an American citizen and if you live in America, in the United States of America, because of our current status as a superpower, as really the lone superpower in the world, we don't really face uh, concern about countries invading our borders. We have oceans that surround us and our two borders are, you know, we've got it. We have a strong military right now. What I'm trying to say is, is we, we, we don't really fear all the chaos that might go on. We see things on TV and that scares us. Um, but we feel relatively secure and I'm not making a comparison. I mean, I guess I am, but I'm not saying America is Israel or the, you know, the chosen people of God or whatever, but I am saying there's a sense then in which that's what it is to be within God, to, to trust in him is to realize that yes, all that stuff is happening, but we're safe here. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think that's in the writer, the difference of the writer and us is um, he didn't feel safe. Israel right. didn't feel <laughs> safe <laughs> in, in a physical sense. Right. Like they were surrounded by enemies. They yeah. could be attacked at any time. And in fact, we see numerous times Israel loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But even in the midst of that, to say, be still and know that I am, mm-hmm. that I am God. Right. Um, that is something we, where we live currently have never really experienced mm-hmm. in the sense of being overtaken by an enemy. Now we could talk about like illnesses. We could talk about maybe financial right. problems, that kind of stuff. Yes. But what you're talking about, Spencer, you know, it's it's easy for us to be mm-hmm. still right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, we don't worry that we're going to get invaded all of a sudden. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did kind of do a backhanded slap to Canada and Mexico in your little diatribe there. Right. Um, but yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah. yeah. They're our friends, right? They're now. our friends. Well, another another illustration just comes to my mind is from Lord of the Rings, right? With Helm's Deep. There you go. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is and the idea, why do they go there? Because the forces of chaos and darkness are coming at them. And their idea is, is we can hide behind the walls and it's impenetrable. Now, of course, they got penetrated yeah. even to the thing mm-hmm. before they were being saved. But um, there's a sense in which that's what God is to us. He's the fortress with the strong walls that can't be, cannot be conquered. And that's why he says in this thing, the God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Mm-hmm. And it, Yeah. Yeah, I didn't bring this up in the message, but there's a neat comparison in verse 3 and 4 because in verse 3, it's talking about this chaos, though it's waters roar and foam, right? Verse 4, there is a river mm-hmm. whose streams make glad the yeah, city calm. of God. Yeah, so you have this idea of the water just thrashing and just destroying everything, and then it's like, but not for us who are part of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. In our kingdom, <clears throat> oh, there's a river. But its streams make right. glad. We're not terrified of it. It makes us glad to be in his holy habitation. Right. And I think, yeah, for the Hebrews, the sea was a place of chaos, but rivers were good things. Mm-hmm. Rivers watered the earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why Missouri is such a great state. Why? Because there's no ocean there, but there's two major rivers, the Missouri and the Mississippi, that are right there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Mormons probably thought that's where the Garden of Eden was. So <laughs> did they really? Yeah, yeah. in the Ozarks. Yeah, no, in, in around Independence and wow. yeah, Missouri. In Missouri is very important in Mormon eschatology and yeah. thinking. Oh, good yeah. for you. There you go. Something yeah. you got. Yeah, that and the Cardinals. Yeah, congrats. There you go. And the Cardinals and the Chiefs. I mean, I'm not a Chiefs <laughs> oh, fan, but yeah. we, they're, yeah. they are there. You yeah. got them. And I, I think too. I mean, you have to wonder if the psalmist 
was thinking about Genesis, you know, the creation account, because in the, you know before God spoke, it was chaos, and the Spirit of God was hovering over, and, and the that, waters, I, the, the waters. waters, right? And waters, as you mentioned, Spencer too, um, it represented chaos. The, the The Sea of Galilee was a terrifying abyss to to the disciples, mm-hmm. and and so there's this very, it's very poetical, as you've mentioned, Pastor Tim. You know, in the Psalms, it's very, it's very image laden and i think that what a wonderful contrast we live in a world of chaos post the fall of of adam and eve and yet the spirit of god is still moving and he speaks and therefore we can experience the calmness as the river whose streams make glad the city of god and augustine i think contrasts that in his book the city of god Mm. the city of of man is rome which was falling apart you know literally before his eyes and the city of god is a city that's you know, cannot be penetrated. Right. And it's forever and ever. So mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Uh, something that we pointed out Sunday and we need to point out here again is how, uh, if you want to say singular or possessive, this is because the writer says God is our refuge and strength. And when, when the writer is saying this, he's not talking about all of mankind. He's talking about a particular people. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically to Israel, the writer would have been writing this to, uh, though all this rages, though the nations outside rage and come mm-hmm. against us, right? So there's this us versus them thing that is happening. Uh, but what, what the writer reminds himself and is writing everybody with us, and Spencer, you brought it up already, is the Lord of hosts, mm-hmm. the great general, the mm-hmm. great commander, the over all the armies, right? Over the angelic armies, the heavenly armies, that's who's on our side here. That's who leads who leads us. And so there is this uh, thought that when you read this psalm, it can go one of two ways for you. You can either be a part of the kingdom of God and have him as God our refuge, God our strength, uh, the God of Jacob, the Lord of hosts. Or you are not a part of the kingdom and you are going up against this God. And what the psalmist is trying to say is if you're going up against this God, like you might thrash around, you might do all these things, but you are not going to defeat this God because at the end of the psalm, he says, I be still know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted of the earth, uh, over the earth. And in verse nine, before that war is going to end, bows and spears are going to be broke and shattered. Right? So the psalmist is saying to his people, to Israel, listen, we win. All right, we might lose this battle here, war might come, whatever. But in the end, our God wins. We know the end game here. For those of you outside of this, though, that isn't it. You don't, instead of God of refuge, you have a God of, of wrath mm-hmm. coming at you, a God of judgment that is that is coming at you. The Lord of hosts isn't coming at you to save you, but to destroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it would be wrong to not point that out. And the question then that that leads is what what kingdom are you a part of, right? Um, and that's a question that everybody needs to really to really answer and think about. Uh, when I was when I was talking yesterday, I tried to I tried to lay that out very clearly. It's like yeah, for those of us who have been saved by God's grace. We see the God of refuge as a, an awesome place to be, a great comforting place to be. Uh, but for those of you today who don't, you know, and trying to talk very pointed, what you have coming for you is judgment and wrath mm-hmm. for eternity. 
forever if you choose to not follow this God mm-hmm. and to love this God and commit your life to this God. And I don't know how people think about that. I don't know. Uh, but to me, I believe that is the most serious question ever given to anybody. Who is who is this God to you? Is he your God or not? Right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to follow the gods of this earth or are you going to follow the true and living and living God honestly? Mm-hmm. And that's the question that must be answered. And I hope and pray that God used that in in uh in people's life who are there cuz no doubt uh on Sunday mornings there's people here who are not Christians who never have been saved by God's grace. Uh, maybe they're here, I don't know, to appease a parent or um, to appease themselves. Like, well, if I go to church, I'll be doing a lot better. Um, <clears throat> maybe even to appease God. That's why they come. It's like, I hear, look, I'm here, you know. And maybe they're sincere in that. Uh, but the Bible is very clear about how you are a part of the kingdom of God. Jesus says, uh, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Right. He says that very clearly. And so the only way to be a part of the kingdom of God is to trust in the life and work of Jesus as your life and work, that he has done that for you, and to believe in him. And it's not something magical even that has to happen. There's not something that you have to do. I mean, I was talking to somebody this week uh, one-on-one a little bit about that. It's like you don't have to be in church to do that. You know, you don't have to talk to me, a pastor, in order to do that. Like, well, what does it mean? You know, I'm like, it's an acknowledgment. You just acknowledge who Jesus is and believe and trust that he is the Savior, your Savior, right, that you that you need. Uh, that's what salvation is. And then we, we live our life for him because of what he has done. It, it does change us, you know. And uh, even talking to that, that person, you know, there's just this look on the face a lot of times of like, uh, really? That's it? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's it. And even in church, you know, um, you try to give that that offering to say, you, now's the time to respond to the word of God. And that's what we're saying. Do you need to trust in Christ? It's nothing special you have to do. It's not come up here and talk to me. It's not run around the building so many times. It's not, well, did you cry? If you didn't cry, it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's do you feel God saying to you, this is true for you? And if you do, will you then will you submit to that? Will you tell him, I believe in this, I trust in Jesus as my Savior? It's simple, such a simple truth that has such big, big ramifications. And when we read this psalm, Psalm 46, we see the ramifications. Such a simple truth, such a, dare I say, a simple decision. Are you on God's, is the Lord of hosts your commander? You know, it's like, what army are you on? Are you on the army over here? with uh, this commander who's not the Lord of hosts, or are you on this army here who is the commander of Lord of hosts? Like, I'm like, I think I know what team I want to be on, the Lord of hosts mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I just think that's important as we read this psalm to really set that stage because I think, I think people in the world, probably our neighbors, some of our family members, would read this psalm and say, oh, that's good news, but it's not for them. It's not really good news because they have a misunderstanding of what's happening here. Um, and I brought it up, um, how universalism seems to be coming back a little bit in our, our society where everybody's going to be saved. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about it. Um, there was a book and man, it's probably been like 10 or 12 years ago now 
Love Wins. Yeah. Yeah. It was about that long ago, I guess, mm-hmm. by yeah. a guy in Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Bell. And that was basically the sum of his book. Yep. Uh, and it, I mean, it it sold. That book sold. Oh, yeah. That book was a big deal. I mean, it was really uh, working its way across America. And we've seen the ramifications of it. I mean, he's still a big deal in a lot of circles. And a lot of people have took that and nuanced it maybe in different ways. But there's a lot of people out there, sadly, who too believe, like, just live your life. And in the end, yep. God's going to make everything right. Mm-hmm. That we'll all be with him. And uh, the Bible just doesn't say that. And we see that even here in this psalm. It's like there's there's two armies, mm-hmm. the army of God and the army of this world. And mm-hmm. what army are you are you a part of? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's where it's comforting for us as Christians when we come to a psalm like this is because we know that oh, we didn't do anything to be a part of this army. You know, it's not like, well, Tim, you have such a sure shot. You know, I mean, you're just like a sniper. I want you to be a part of my mm-hmm. army. No, I mean, in my weakness, in my sin, in my rebellion, God, by his grace, saved me uh, through the blood of Christ and allows me to be a part of his army now. Um, and the fact is, I don't even really have to like fight. He beat the enemy mm-hmm. for me. Right now, don't get me wrong, there's struggles in this life, there's battles in this life, there's hurt that I might face. For all I know, the way my life ends is by somebody asking me, do you really trust in Christ? I'm going to kill you if you do. Uh, I don't know. That could be the end. for I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, but the Bible is very clear that Christ defeated my enemy, 1 Corinthians 15, right? He took away the sting of death uh, for me. And, and so when I read this psalm and I'm reminded of this, of all that God has done for me, how I didn't do any of this for myself, and now he has promised to be my refuge. He's promised to be my strength. He, he has made me a part of his family so that I can say, I serve the God of Jacob. Mm-hmm. And that's my history. The history of Israel is my history because he has grafted me into this family, right? Um, what, that, that's where this hope lies in this uh, psalm. That should mm-hmm. remind us that no matter what we're going through, we can't actually be still, as it says in verse 10. Why? Because know who God is, and he's my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Loves me. Yeah, yeah. I think those two, the the, uh, the few imperatives that are given here, actually, um, kind of are, are helpful. Uh, come, behold the works of the Lord. Mm-hmm. First thing is to observe and to know what he's done and what he... He, he describes it in military terms here. He brought desolations on the earth. He makes mm-hmm. wars to cease. It actually makes me think about Isaiah 9. Whenever the uh, promised child has come and he says that he will, uh, he's uh, going to, it's going to be as on the day of Midian. He says whenever the son, the, whenever Emmanuel is born, uh, he is going to defeat the foes of God's people. And, uh, and then the, the last part, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. Um, and there may be also, I'd have to look and see, I will be exalted among the nations. There's an emphasis probably on the I, I will, and no one else will be, um, I will, or just emphasizing the I will. And that's really what salvation is, is, is knowing who the Lord is and receiving his gifts and trusting in him. Um, that's what salvation is. And it is comforting, isn't it? To know that God is the God of Jacob, mm-hmm. uh, because whenever you think about who Jacob was, but the kind of person he was, the the grabber of the heel, the liar, the cheater. And yet God says, I'm the God of Jacob. Mm-hmm. That is extremely comforting 
that God is the God of, if God's the God of Jacob, he can be the God of me, of a guy like Jacob who lies, cheats, mm-hmm. takes, you know, has, yeah, has four wi- wives, yeah. marries two sisters, right? Has a messed up family life. His sons kill, you know, they fake a death of their, one of their mm-hmm. children. I mean, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Jacob at the very end of his life says, I've lived a hard life. And yet God is the God of Jacob and the God of God, Jacob's children who are also a mess in all through the old Testament. Well then, that means he'll be my God too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and that's, that's extremely comforting that he is my city, mm-hmm. my city of refuge, mm-hmm. that he takes Jacobs and, and saves them. And I think too, the be still and know that I am God. I was thinking of Elijah, you know, Elijah who was just saw this amazing thing that God accomplished. Mm-hmm. And then because of Jezebel became in, it threatened and, and ran literally right. ran South and was in this, self-pity state and depressed and then god tells him to go to the, to mm-hmm. the mountain you know to the cl- to the yeah. cleft and god was not in the right the fire and the earthquake mm-hmm. and all that he was a gentle still voice as if to say elijah i've got you you know all this crazy stuff's going around yes jezebel is on the on the move and mm-hmm. she's murderous but I am here. I'm God. I'm Jehovah. Right. You know, be still. Know that. And I think mm-hmm. that's hard for us because we, we're very fast-paced people. We live in a culture that's very quick and instant. You know, one click on Amazon, boom, you got it. And it could come the same day <laughs> at times right. or the next day. And it's hard for us to be still. And yeah. yet, when we're surrounded by all this chaos that we see here in Psalm 46 mm-hmm. and that we experience in life that's exactly what we need to do we Mm -hmm. need to be still and say god you know what i can't figure this out i can't control this this is out of my hands so i'm just gonna sit here and just you be my god Mm -hmm. and you you comfort me and you help me to be still and still and that's where that peace comes in that river whose streams make glad it's through Mm -hmm. that stillness Mm -hmm. and we need to take time and you're you're doing your class on spiritual disciplines you Mm -hmm. know that idea of meditation biblical meditation where we're quiet and we still our minds and, and ask the spirit of god to help us center ourselves so that we can know him more so that we can face the craziness that's in life and i think elijah Mm -hmm. is a good example of that yeah hey just chill, dude. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> let my voice, let my gentle whisper kind of wrap around you. Mm-hmm. you know? So Know that I am God. Luther mm-hmm. would say, let God be God. Yeah, let God be God. And mm-hmm. it, it also makes me think of, again, with Abraham. Mm-hmm. One of the problems Abraham had, and later on Isaac and later on Jacob, is they were schemers. If Abraham goes to Egypt, he schemes and says, lie and tell them, you're not my wife, you're my sister. And then he does it, he does it again with Abimelech. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries, they scheme and try to bring about the child of promise with Hagar. They don't trust God's promise. Abraham is trying to do God's job. And then Jacob does that. Uh, Isaac does that once. Yep. We read. And instead, they just need to let God do his promise. Let God keep his promise. Be still and know that I am God and you are not. And let me do my job. And salvation is is as paul says in romans 4 is believing that god is able to do what he's promised and so just be still and let god do his job he will be exalted don't worry Mm -hmm. it will happen just trust me now and also it's a threat i will be exalted in the earth so so the promise also turns into a threat on the other side if you don't receive if you don't Mm -hmm. receive the promise Mm -hmm. i will be exalted in the earth yeah Yeah. In our uh, Sunday school class, we were on prayer, 
this week, the spiritual discipline of, of prayer. And when you think about these things and you're trusting God, right? I'm being still in the midst of my storm. So like whatever, whatever you may be going through or we're going through as an individual or a family or as a church, you know, maybe there's something that we're going through and, uh, we hear this Psalm, you know, and it says, be, be still. And we, you hear this podcast even, and it's like, let God be God. And so in your life, you're thinking, okay, I, God is sovereign, right? God, God has a plan and I'm going to trust this plan. But the fact is also that God does tell us to pray to him with our, with our needs. He tells us to come to him in, in prayer and to seek at, to seek after his face. And so there's nothing wrong, you know, I, I want to remind people, there's nothing wrong with being in the midst of a storm, and these things are compatible, of being still, but yet still going to God and saying, God, please remove me from the storm, mm-hmm. if that's your will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because on the flip side of that, we have the Holy Spirit who's praying for us, it says in Romans, with groanings that we can't even understand. But what's different about the Holy Spirit's prayers and our prayers is that it tells us that the Holy Spirit is always praying according to the will of God. Always. And so while we're praying, God, take me out of the storm, there is a chance that the Holy Spirit is saying, no, not yet. They need to keep going through it. Mm -hmm. They haven't learned yet. They are not closer to you yet. They're not to the point where we want them to be right in this storm. Um, And so... I think it was George Mueller. Uh, Donald Whitney talks about him in his in his book. And there was a section that I read to everyone. I wish I would have brought my notes in here. I guess I didn't know this is where we were headed. But uh, it talked about how we as Christians have a God who tells us to pray and that he wants to answer your prayers, that he is a good father, that if we have a father on earth who knows to give us a good gift, how much more do you think the Father in heaven? And I think, I know for me, I need to be reminded of that because I tend to think the other way. I tend to always think, you know what? God just wants me to suffer, but he has a plan and he's good and I'm just going to keep doing it. I'll just keep suffering. And when I pray, God, get me out of the suffering, really in the back of my head, what I'm thinking is, you're not going to though. It's not going to happen, but I'm going to pray it just because I know I'm supposed to. Uh, But I... Going through that lesson was a helpful reminder to keep keep praying, sometimes the same prayers. And so I say that because, you know, a storm that could be going on in someone's life, honestly and realistic right now, is there could be a parent praying for a child who's now in their 30s or 40s and still running from the Lord. And you could have a parent who's praying, God, you know, convict them, God, help them to see who you are. And it just seems like nothing is happening. And you hear this verse, be still and know that I am I am God. That doesn't mean that you stop praying for that child, right? Keep doing that, but but trust in the Lord and in his plan. And even what Mueller was saying and Whitney was kind of saying is even expect that God will save that child, you know, will will open the eyes of the child. Like trust that God is answering your prayer and know that maybe he has answered it, uh, maybe he's working on answering it, and your job is to persevere in prayer, to keep to keep doing it. Um, but that kind of stuff can be hard for us because, uh, for me, that's part of that being still that I don't like. I'd rather God be like, "All right, if you want your child to be saved, I need you to do these ten things." Mm-hmm, yeah. And no matter how hard they are, it's like just make them. But I, I, I know, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. But no, 
sometimes I think being still is just keep praying. Mm-hmm. Run in your own lane. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. do. <laughs> Our job is to be the people of God. Mm-hmm. And his job is to be the God of the people. And so that's the whole covenant idea. Yeah. And so you just... You, you like you said, Tim. It's a not an it's not a it's not an entirely passive stillness. Mm-hmm, it's right. an active stillness, and we do we do honor the Lord and we obey His commands as He helps us. Um, but this stillness and know that I am I am God is to be still in so far as we don't try to do God's job, mm-hmm, and right? We tr- and we tr- and we also trust God's promises when He gives them to us, and we know that He will keep them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it means. It's not saying like you said. Um, don't do anything, mm-hmm. but because God's God, now you do your now you do the things that God has called you and commanded you clearly in His Word, like prayer to yeah. do. I think there's mm-hmm. there's fear though with us as Christians that when we trust God and we actually do that, that what His plan in though for us is to always suffer mm-hmm. or is to always have difficulty in this life, which kind of is hysterical, at least for the people I'm preaching to in my life to think that, mm. because in fact. I have had numerous blessings in my life constantly, you know, but yet even as Americans, we'll still sit and play pity party mm-hmm. when it's like, it's, it's like open your eyes to what God has done for you. Look at how good you have it. He has been so good to you, even though you run and you rebel and you aren't living your life exactly how you should for the Lord. You know this, but a, apart from the fact that Christ saved you, Right, redeemed you, justified you, has given you an inheritance. Let's let's push all that aside as if we could. Now look at your life just in general, of all the material blessings he's given right. you, or the family that you have, or the health that you have, or da 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 da. And I dare say, when I even when I say this, people listening to this podcast are thinking, "Well, my health's not the best." You just said health. I'm not one of those who have the best health. <laughs> right, right. You just said this materially. I don't have all these things. It's like. Yeah, I bet you have way better health than most people or right. whatever. I mean, we could go down that list. Right. You know, and I think sometimes, too, I think about it like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I wish sometimes the Cardinals could win as much as the Red Sox or such. <laughs> but no, then right. I realize, at least I'm not a Tigers fan, Ouch. you know? And so I guess, you know what? I'm, I'm thankful. Worse. <laughs> I'm thankful that we're consistent contenders, you know? And I, I'm really grateful for the last two World Series titles we've won in the past 20 years. So, um no, I mean, another example right there. Just be grateful well, that wasn't for a the good blessings. Example. That, that wasn't a good you example. Have. That was a bad example. Be, be grateful. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Well, I do think about my kids, though. Do you guys have this with your kids? I have it with mine. Like, let's say we wake up in the morning and we go swimming and they're like, hey, let's, uh, dad, let's, let's go fishing. All right. So we go fishing. You guys want a frozen Coke? Yeah. All right. Let's get them a frozen Coke. And we get home, you know, it's almost dinner time. And by, by the time we go to bed, they're like, Gosh, it's so boring around here. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, or I went to hear this people's house and they had this. And why can't we have something like this? And it's, we have that same short sightedness, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in our lives yeah. with God is where definitely it's just like, wh- where are you? Um, but we have these promises that are just amazing. God has promised to be our refuge, He's promised to be our strength. He's promised us that we're a part of His army where He's the Lord of hosts. Uh, that we serve the God of Jacob. I mean, we can keep going on and on with the names of God that we have been given. And uh, just a few minutes ago, I'm like, push salvation aside. Like, that's a ridiculous statement. Think, I mean, we have salvation. Right. We didn't have anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. He was like, fine, I'm going to save you and redeem you. The rest of your life is going to be rough. But when that's over, you're with me forever in paradise. Enough. 
right? That should be enough. And, mm-hmm. uh, but we just struggle with that. And so I don't know. I hope this Psalm just helps, helps us to remember whose we are, uh, how good God has been to us. And that yes, storms happen. Bad things are going to happen. It's, it's just a given. The Psalms are real. It's real life. And we're going to face those things. But as believers, we are able to get through those things with joy, with hope, and with peace because of the work of Christ in our life, because of what he has done. We have these promises that cannot be shaken. They cannot be removed from us. And Satan tries to get us to question the promises of God, tries to get us Mm -hmm. uh, to abandon them. And we need not do that. Uh, Just like the psalmist here, again, whatever they're facing, whatever difficulty it might be, and it could be some of the worst atrocities ever, we need to be like this psalmist and say, but I can be still and know who God is Mm -hmm. and where all this is heading. He's the winner, right? He's the one who will reign supreme. And for some reason, he's allowed me to be a part of that, and I'll be with him when that happens. And so that is where my strength lies. That's where my hope lies. And so we we have the same hope that this psalmist Mm -hmm. has uh, together. So it was a good psalm to study, a good psalm to read. When I preach next, it'll be Psalm 47, but this week is going to be Psalm 73. Right, Pastor Dave? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Dave is going to uh, be preaching this week, and so we look look forward to that. So you can read Psalm 73 to get a to get ahead of the game if you want for those uh, A-plus pupils out there, those honor society people, uh, which I was not in high school. Nor was I. <laughs> I was. I made fun of those people. <laughs> I did too. Uh, <laughs> which makes sense now. Yeah. Okay. You yeah, were. That was. You were honor society. I, yeah. I, yeah. I got in. So you got like very, a blue ribbon or blue uh, tassel, the the baby blue. Yeah. And is it is it maybe that's that nationally baby blue and I, yellow and white. I snuck in the very like I was a senior in high school and I. Your mom worked for the school. No, she got you. No, she did not. <laughs> I got in. I don't know how I got in, but somehow it's like it's almost like you got to be an honorary member of the honorary society <laughs> of the honor society, and so like yeah, I. I got put in at the very last. I don't know. I guess just because of who I am. Did it help you a lot getting to colleges? And I mean, I knew where I was going to go to scholarships college. Scholarships were just yeah, rolling in right, once right, you got right. in National Honor Society. Yeah, lots of offers. No, Harvard, I, Yale, yeah, Harvard, Harvard, Yale, all those. <laughs> just to name a few. No, uh, no, I, I, I passed all those and went to Missouri Southern State University. <laughs> well, it's good to know that. Go I, Lions! I'm not a National Honor Society, Dave. You're not. No, nope. you were, and we all find ourselves in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Right. Look so, at what that. did it do for you in your life? Well, I don't know. I don't know. That's <laughs> no, this a good is question. a bad example. My yeah, my two kids a, who can be in it are in it already. So yeah, there you go. And we encourage it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You should do good in school. Yeah, yeah. do do the best you can. Do the best. Yeah. Don't be like Tim. Don't be like Tim. <laughs> That's right. Don't skate through. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. I didn't know where it was confession time, but yeah. All right. Well, okay. Thank you for listening. All right. Uh, you probably turned us off ten minutes ago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But if you're still After listening, the tigers. <laughs> yeah, okay. you know what? I'm just speaking the truth. You yeah. know, if you're still listening, I hope that you have a, a blessed week and we look forward to seeing you Sunday. God bless.